He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. Jesus has conquered death and the grave for you and me. Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter. The Latin title for this Sunday in the church year is Jubilate, which sounds like not a coffee, Jubilate, no. (laughs) It sounds like rejoice, and that is today. It is a day of rejoicing and giving thanks to God. The Old Testament reading is written in Isaiah chapter 40, and these are words that will be very familiar to you at the end of the text. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, By the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's epistle is written in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 11. This passage of God's word is the basis for the sermon today. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put silence, put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if you, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? 
But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus speaks these words to his disciples in the upper room. It is Monday, Thursday, just before Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and then to the cross. Jesus said, a little while and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while and you will see me. Some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us a little while And you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father? So they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you are asking yourselves? What I meant by saying a little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you now have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Truly, Jesus is our confidence. Our confidence in this life our confidence for life to come. How do we live as the people of God? St. Peter tells us in our text today, and I want to focus especially on these words of the text. There is just way too much here to be able to cover all of it. But these words, dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. These are the words of our text. God's grace and his mercy and his peace be multiplied to you now and forever through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. St. Peter writes these words to Christians who are living difficult and hard lives. The Christians he writes to are scattered across modern day Turkey, and they are few in number 
and they are suffering persecution and trial. Peter calls them dear friends. These Christians are redeemed by the death of Jesus, sprinkled by Jesus' blood in the waters of their baptism. Their sin forgiven. They are living by grace. They have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God has turned their sorrow into rejoicing. For they have an inheritance in heaven that can never perish, spoil, or fade away. And Peter calls them a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Once they were not believers in Jesus, but now they are. Once they had not received God's mercy. They were unaware of the joy of his salvation, but now they have received God's mercy and they are saved. Peter calls them aliens and strangers in the world. They are citizens of heaven, citizens of the kingdom of God. Jesus is their king, and he rules over them with grace and love and tender compassion. As strangers and aliens, They are not tied to this life and this world's ways. Their song is, I'm but a stranger here, heaven is my home. Earth is a desert drear, heaven is my home. They do not cling to the things of this world. They do not cling to this life. They do not live as if there is no tomorrow. They are ready, ready for the return of Jesus at any moment, and they desire, they desire to depart this life and be with Christ. Is that our desire? To depart this life and be with Christ? It is, isn't it, Steve? It is. These Christians, they live among unbelievers, surrounded by them. The Christians in our text are in the minority. They are outnumbered and outvoted by their neighbors. They are ruled by non-Christians. They are surrounded by injustice and danger. Their faith and Their way of living is ridiculed and mocked. And they are persecuted for their faith in Jesus. These Christians, think about it, they never have the home field advantage. Why should they? This is not their home. And yet these believers do not withdraw themselves from unbelievers. They don't establish Christian neighborhoods. 
They don't work and socialize only with Christians. They do not move into monasteries. (laughs) That doesn't come for a long time. They do not seek seclusion from the world. They live among the unbelievers, and this is where they shine. Like a city that is set on a hill, Jesus says. They are a light of mercy and kindness and goodness and love in a dark and uncaring dog-eat-dog world of the first century. And they tell the praises of Jesus, who forgave all of their sins and who saves them and fills their hearts with jubilation, rejoicing. In many ways, we are like these early Christians, aren't we? We, too, are redeemed by the blood of Jesus shed on Calvary's cross. We are forgiven and washed in the waters of our baptism. We are a holy people, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. We are strangers and aliens in this world. Our citizenship is not here. Our citizenship is in heaven with Christ our King. And we do not withdraw from the world. Instead, we engage the world and we tell the good news of Jesus' victory over sin and death. We look for the return of Jesus. We can't wait for the day when he puts an end to this world and ushers in the new heavens and the new earth. And this morning, St. Peter calls you and me, dear friends, fellow believers in Jesus. And so Peter writes to you and me, as he wrote to the Christians long ago, he writes to his dear friends, And he urges them to do two things. First, Peter says, I urge you to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Yes, we belong to Christ, but we are still tempted by sinful desires, aren't we? Is this really possible? Of course it is. Otherwise, St. Peter wouldn't say, (laughs) live as aliens and strangers in this world and abstain from the sinful desires of it. Yes, our sinful nature was drowned in our baptism. But sinful desires still pursue you and me. We are tempted by sexual immorality, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and more. We are tempted to trust in false gods, misuse God's name, and ignore God's word and worship. We are tempted to disobey those in authority over us and to kill commit adultery, steal, lie, gossip, and covet. 
And Peter says to you and me, abstain. Abstain from these sinful desires. These sinful desires are at war with you and me. And they strive to destroy us. They would rule over you. And they would lead you into great shame and slavery and vice. They would drive you to despair of the forgiveness of your sins. They would extinguish the flame of saving faith given to you in your baptism. They seek to take you prisoner or worse. They would kill you spiritually and physically if it is possible. But Jesus steps in to save you and me from the temptations of the sinful desires of this world and of our hearts. You are baptized. You are redeemed by Jesus Christ, the crucified. And Jesus conquered all temptation in your place for you. And when you sin, when you fall into temptation and sin, you are forgiven. And you are raised to new life in Christ Sin is no longer your master. Jesus is your king. Your king who defends you. Your king who saves you. And he gives to you the Holy Spirit. In our gospel reading, Jesus says, In a little while you will not see me, and then in a little while you will see me. Now he's talking there, isn't he, about his death on the cross and his resurrection. But also... Is he not also looking beyond that to his ascension into heaven and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? And he gives his children, you and me, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And it is the Holy Spirit who enables you and me, who strengthens you and me, who gives you and me the power to abstain from the sinful desires that tempt us each and every day. Second, Peter says, dear friends, I urge you, live good lives among the pagans. On the one hand, Peter says, abstain from sinful desires. And on the other hand, indulge. Indulge in the goodness and holiness and righteousness of Christ. That is, live such good lives among the unbelievers that they may see your good deeds and glorify God in heaven. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. He works goodness in you and me. He works love in your heart, even for your enemies. Love that is patient and kind. Love that does not boast and is not envious. He gives you humility and he saves you from pride. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And he gives you bold faith in the face of danger and trial and death itself. 
Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus is the vine who gives you new life to live a good and God-pleasing life. For it is to this that you are called. And so St. Peter is bold when writing to you. He says, Dear friends, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Think about this. The good lives that we live by the power of the Holy Spirit bring glory to God. Don't they? And our lives testify to the love of God, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. And the unbelievers who live around you and me, they watch you and they see the power and the change that the gospel produces in you. You do not act like the rest of the world. In a dog-eat-dog world, you don't eat your neighbor. You love your neighbor. You forgive your neighbor. You help your neighbor when they are in need. And the unbelieving world is watching you and me. And when they see how God's forgiveness restores in us the joy of God's salvation and how we live in that joy, they praise God too. I read about a man named Tertullian. He lived in Africa. He was the son of a Roman centurion. He was not a Christian, but he became one. And he became a leader of the early church in Africa, a pastor among God's people. And Tertullian writes about how he and others came to believe in Jesus. And he says that they were first interested in Jesus, not by books or sermons, but by how the believers lived and died. And then they heard the word of God, and the word of God granted them saving faith, and Tertullian and the others, they became believers in Jesus, and they glorified God. And on the last day when Jesus returns, they will join you and me in joy to welcome Jesus, to glorify him on the day when he returns to visit us. And in the life of Tertullian and those around him, in the lives of people throughout the history of God's people, the words of Peter are proved true. Dear friends, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day 
he visits us. And the words of Peter are for you. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord to life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the faithful proclamation of Christ's saving name, that God's people may be strengthened in true faith and his kingdom extended, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church throughout the world and for all who confess the name of Jesus, that God would guard and defend us from the temptations of the devil, the world, and the sinful desires of our sinful nature, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For our congregation, its mission, and our members. For the ability to meet the needs that arise as we do the work God has given us to do. And for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For the educational institutions of the church. For our preschools, our day schools, and high schools. Our colleges and universities and for our seminaries that those who teach and learn in them would be transformed by the wisdom of Christ, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For those who have wandered from the faith, that the Holy Spirit would use us to call them home to the Father, that they might see by our example and by the goodness of our lives that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For the government and all who have been set into positions of leadership, that they may use the authority entrusted to them honorably and for the good of the people. And that we, at the urging of St. Peter, would be submissive to all authorities that God has placed over us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who serve in worthy occupations, professions, arts, and sciences, that God would grant them skill and integrity in the performance of their responsibilities and service through their vocations, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For those who suffer from hunger, homelessness, poverty, or unemployment, that God's great mercy and love would preserve and relieve them, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For all the faithful, that the Spirit would lead them to cheerful generous giving from the bounty the Lord provides to support the church and to help those in need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are sick, that God would grant healing to their bodies and strength to bear their infirmities with patience and grace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who mourn, that in their time of sorrow they would not lose hope, but rely on God's promise that he will never leave them nor forsake them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who rejoice in the rich blessings of God, that they may always remember the giver of every good gift and give him heartfelt thanks. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Jesus, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.